Admit all. Omit all. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. Can you hear? Can everybody hear? Okay. Thumbs up. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Hello, and welcome to Zenful Conversations. You can find us every single day having Zenful Conversations in a private group for women. We're in our fifth year of these conversations. For more information on that and the other offerings, please visit ZenfulConversations.com. My name is Zenjen Brown. I'm your host, and we're here today with guest speaker, Kristen Divers-Markey. Hi, Kristen, and welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is wonderful to be here. Let me tell you a little bit about Kristen. Kristen is a retired kindergarten teacher who lived in New York and California before retiring with her second husband in Florida. After tragically losing her first husband to suspicious circumstances, Kristen pursued legal action to find out how her husband died and who was responsible. On the journey to seek justice and truth, Kristen learned how to process complicated grief, move forward with baby steps, and ultimately reinvent her life to inspire others with hope by modeling a life filled with love and light. Kristen is the author of the award-winning blog, Run Away Widow, which is now in its seventh year, and her memoir, No Simple Highway, A Widow's Journey to Seek Justice for Her Husband's Death, is available on Amazon. Uh, Kristen, welcome to Zenful Conversations Virtual Studio. <laughs> Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Thank you, uh, not only for agreeing to be with us today, but for being open and vulnerable, uh, delicate, fragile conversation. Uh, I want you to know that we appreciate you. And thank you. Let me let you talk. What you got, what's on your mind? What'd you come here on your mind? Well, um, I appreciate you guys being here and um, I'm not sure if you've all read the book or not, but it was something that um, the whole way that my husband died was very um, suspicious. We weren't really sure what had happened uh, the night that he died. And so we had to pursue um, a whole kind of an investigation on our own to find out. And it it was quite complicated as far as seeking justice for him and finding out the truth. And um, after several years of all of that, I finally got around to the idea of like, I needed to write this all out. And I felt, you know, it was cathartic for me. I wrote in my own journal at the time. I had a blog where I would write what it was like to adjust as being a widow, but I needed to tell the story. So that's what um, inspired me to sit down and actually write a book. And um, I, I tried this, uh, it was I actually saw it on Facebook, write a book in 30 days. And uh, every day they give you a prompt and, and you, you write for, you know, maybe an hour or two each day, but that really kind of organized my thoughts. And I was able to put it all down and I wrote the whole thing, what had happened and, you know, how I felt about things. And then uh, I had it, I hired an editor before, you know, trying to get it published. And she said, you know, the book is really good, but it would be really good if you changed it all from past tense in a memoir to having it happen present tense, like it's happening right now. So I had to change every sentence <laughs> from past to present, which was an interesting way of, you know, 
to, you know, mm, editing your book. Yeah. Right. But then it kind of made the book a little bit more like intense. And from what I've heard from people who read it was more like, oh, you know, I couldn't put the book down. I wanted to find out what happened. And that's kind of how we were, you know, for the couple of years while we were trying to find out what exactly had happened. Um, well, that let me let me go back to your bio for a minute. Mm -hmm. Your bio says after tragically losing her husband to suspicious circumstances. Can you help us understand what happened? Sure, I'll tell you. Um, so what happened was it was a typical Friday night in the summer, Labor Day weekend. We were sitting on the beach and we live across, I lived in New York and in New York, there's a place called Long Island and Long Island has a North Shore. And we lived in a, you know, in a beach community. So our house was right across the street from a beach. We just walked over. We were sitting with friends on a Friday evening. I had just set up my kindergarten classroom all day long. So it was like, okay, now it's finally Friday. And uh, he left the group of the circle of friends and went over to the clubhouse. And it's just a small building, but that's where he went to use the restroom. And when he went to the restroom, he got into a fight with two of the men in there. They were having some kind of a, a party and two men got in a fight with him and they killed him. And we didn't know that at the time. I went home. I thought he had gone back to the house. I never I didn't know where he went. And the ambulance came down and um, left that building. And someone said, that looked like your husband. So my friends uh, rushed me to the hospital. And at the hospital, he was already dead. And uh, we had to have an investigation. The police came later that evening to my house. And they said, OK, well, we inter interviewed everybody. And there'll be an investigation. And we'll let you know. But meanwhile, these two men who were involved, just no, nobody got arrested from the whole situation. And a couple of days later, we hadn't heard anything. So it turned out that we suspected that the two men had connections with the local police department and that wow. they knew people. And it was a very corrupt scene at that time. I, you've probably all heard about the, um, the Gilgo Beach serial, serial killers serial killer on Long Island. Um, there was Gilgo Beach. They were having this, uh, they were having a hard time solving these, the serial murders. And it was because the chief of police was doing all this behind it. Um, wow. Yeah, corruption, it had full wow. corruption. It, 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 it was an investigation. He was beating people. He was holding um, evidence back. He ended up in jail. The, chief of police, the district attorney, and the corruption um, person. So they all ended up in jail. Wow. <laughs> they were all the ones in charge at that time. So a lot of things kind of just slipped through the cracks as far as law enforcement. I can't imagine going through that, though, in the state of mind you were in. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you what made you decide to write a book, because many of us have a book in us. And I was wondering sure. what it was that made you decide to share your story. What made well, so you many, decide to do that? So many people had heard bits and pieces of the story. They heard there had been a fight. They heard that there had been drinking. They had heard that the police were involved. They had heard this. They had heard that. They had seen I was on the news several times. I was interviewed by NBC News and you know, the New York City news and all over it was in the paper so I wanted to tell the story from the beginning to the end about at least from my perspective what exactly had happened and you know people would say oh are they in jail yet and I'm like well they're not going to jail they had they had a whole grand jury they didn't get indicted because the district attorney was in charge of the grand jury which is a whole other 
complicated thing if when they when they're deciding whether or not something can go to trial they have a grand jury and it's just for 23 um jurors but our side didn't have any say in the matter we didn't have any you know we, we weren't able to see what they were what they were giving as evidence only that family who had been there those two men they were able to speak to the district attorney and all the jurors which was also very strange so all of the information that was gathered at the grand jury hearings was not ever known to us. And including a video, there was a video footage of the entire thing happening, which is what was eventually, I know, eventually the news people got it and it was on NBC News and- Oh, wow. I, it took me years to be able to even stomach watching that, but oh, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if they, they showed that to anybody in that first preliminary you know, hearing thing. Again, thank you for, for sharing and being vulnerable. Do anybody have any questions they'd like to ask Kristen? Um, we're talking about her book, actually. This is, um, oh, Kristen. Kristen and I actually know each other. We are both Hartwood alumni, and we have Stephanie, who is on the line also, who is a Hartwood uh, <laughs> uh, alumni as well. Um, we're talking about her book, No Simple Highway, is, is the book that she wrote, um, A Widow's Journey to Seek Justice for Her Husband's Death. And one of the things I like about your book is how you refer to many other books. Mm -hmm. you, you refer to these other books. And um, On Death and Dying is one of the books you mentioned. Mm -hmm. I've been able to study with that book myself in one of the courses at Heartwood Yoga in the thera uh, certified yoga therapist training that they offer. And on page 51 of this book, you have On Death and Dying. Um, it talks about guilt. Mm. Absolutely. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah, that, that isn't listed as one of um, the the five. Sometimes there's seven, sometimes there's five stages of of uh, of stages of grief. Um, but guilt is so prevalent. And I, I think anybody who's ever lost anybody has to always feels that way. Oh, should I, you know, done this or should I have done that? There's so many should I haves. And in my situation, you know, oh, why did we go down to the beach that night? We should not have gone to the beach. We should have just stayed home and had dinner. Why did we go down to visit with our friends? You know, maybe if we brought sandwiches down and he wouldn't have, I don't even know, I, all that's in your head, you know, all the things that you should have done. And that went on for such a long time that my, my I'm just going to close it. Here. Sure. My little dog doesn't like thunderstorms. <laughs> thunderstorming outside. <laughs> you go play uh, with somebody else. Yeah, but, the uh, guilt. Yeah, the, yeah. Go ahead, go it, it, it was it was hard. You know, the guilt guilt was definitely the hardest one to. So, get over. so how did you deal with that? How did you how did you how were you able to release that? Hmm. Good. Well, that took a while. Also. Um, I did a lot of things. I, you know, one of one of the pages I write about is that you know I threw the kitchen sink at it. I just tried everything to to deal with the guilt, to deal with my grief. My, I went into a like a depression. I, the first two months, I was probably just in shock that this even happened. 
Um, and I took off from work. I didn't work for two months. And then I was feeling better. I had gone on a trip. My son had just started college of all things. Like I, I was an empty nester now. Both my boys were away at college. So I, I went to visit him in Mississippi of all places. It was really far from New York. And I went to visit him. Then I came down to Florida and visited my sister. So I was feeling better because I was out of my house. I wasn't home. You know, it was kind of escaping. That's where I get the runaway widow from. I was like running away from it all. And um, when I got back, the holidays hit full steam ahead. You know, November, Thanksgiving came and I kind of didn't really want to do Thanksgiving. But my in-laws had just moved um, from Florida back to New York because they were so devastated that Mike had died. So they were like, okay, it's time for a holiday. We're going to do Thanksgiving. I'm like, yeah. So after that, you know, we, we kind of made it through the day, but I, I just kind of slipped. And then I started feeling really depressed and crying all the time. And then I went back to school where I was teaching, but then it was Christmas time. And again, all those emotions, you know, all those memories of Christmas come up. And it, that was a really hard time for me. And then seeing everybody decorating their houses and the dads, you know, bringing the trees home. Right. I just... I couldn't handle that. So I took some more time off from work and started seeing a therapist and, you know, a grief therapist who could do the uh, EDMR. If anybody's ever done that before, it's a, this bar and you, your eyes go back and forth and you, you're pulsate, you're, you know, doing something with your hands and you're just kind of tr uh, working through the trauma of whatever it is that you've gone through. So you go through the whole night and how were you feeling and tell me about that. And then you go, you know, so I, I did lots and lots of crying and I did lots of that um, to get it out, to release that. And then was on a little bit of medication for a while and um, just started trying lots of things. I mean, I went to yoga, I started yoga classes. I went to, um, I did breath work. I, I tried um, acupuncture, I just, I planned trips. I started, I knew that the holidays were going to be a trigger for me. So I started to plan ahead. So I knew, you know, his birthday was coming up. All right, we're going to go do this for his birthday. Um, then when the one year anniversary was coming up, that was a big one. You know, I was like, I can't sit around and watch the beach, you know, sit outside and look out my window. So I went to Thailand, <laughs> which is not what everybody does, but I, that was for me, that was the right thing to do. You know, I, I booked a flight and I traveled by myself and then I found a tour group that I went with for like two weeks and we did all this great stuff and it was very healing. You know, we did the elephants and um, lots of monasteries and just a, a just healing experience just to keep myself busy and um, that type of thing that 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 was working for me. That sure. Sure. Well, you you say that did I hear you say that? Um, you were really only a couple months before you started getting active again and going out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's great. Uh, I'll tell you, I had, you know, all of us have different types of traumas and different different things that uh, catch us out of nowhere. And you can easily stumble up on those and be stuck in that space for years. Oh, yeah, you know, so that's really awesome that you got right back out like that. And I think it's wonderful what you're doing and what you're sharing. Um, any questions yet from anybody? Um, taking care of me, chapter nine. Taking care of me, chapter nine, page 67.
What did that mean to you at the time you wrote this book and has that changed now? And can you just tell us a little bit how, what? Mm. Well, yeah, that was, that was probably when I started taking the medication because um, I was, I was starting to have a lot of panic attacks, you know, where your heart is just racing and you're, you work with a sweat and you just, th those type of things. So I had, I had to go to a cardiologist and I had to see the doc, you know, physical doctors, physical, what is wrong with me kind of, um, situations. And, um, you know, some, like you were asking about getting, letting go, I, I would try to refocus. I would spend my nights, I would wake up and I would just relive that night over and over and over again at three o'clock in the morning. So one of the things I needed to do was to change my thinking. Like I, I can't think like this anymore. I can't just wake up every night and start, you know, go reliving every minute and then being mad at those men that are not in jail, like, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I started, I had, I, I picked up five great memories that I had with Mike and I would, I would instead reprogram my brain that I was okay remember that one let's, let's focus on that and remember how I felt with that memory think of the next memory you know just um re, just reprogram it and then did a lot of gratitude I mean it sounds sometimes cheesy <laughs> like everybody does that but no that really really worked for me and I would just go to the walk I'll go for a walk in the morning with my little dog we got, got a dog right away too so that was helpful and uh you know I would take the dog out for a walk every day and the whole point of the walk was just to think about what I'm grateful for and even if it was silly things like, oh, that the dog poops, yay, I don't worry about him doing it that in the house tonight, today, you know, well, it's true. really simple things. Yeah. And once you start Anybody. thinking of the simple things, right? It, it's it is easier. true. It is absolutely true. Um, speaking of which, I have a dog right here that's a little bit scared of the thunder and he <laughs> hasn't been barking? feeling well, so I have to hold him for a minute. This is funny. Yeah. Uh, so has has that changed at all, or uh, I, I guess not. I guess it's just evolved. Well, has it changed your? You know what? I, and I hate to say that time heals wounds because I don't think that really happens. I feel like you know, um, it, if you look at the cover of the book, it's like a a road with potholes in it. And so um, my my aunt, my my elderly aunt, wrote me a card, and she said, you know, grief is like um, a road with potholes. And in the beginning, the, the potholes are huge and you can fall in them and you can't get out and it's very hard. But then as it, as time goes on, there's you're still on that road, but the, there's not as many potholes and they're not as deep. So I think, I feel like that's a good visual for, for mm. how I feel with it now. And, and you know, I, I threw myself into life. I said, okay, I'm, I'm not gonna stay here and just think about this. Although I did that for a while, but you know, you move forward, you keep looking for new things to do. I became a yoga instructor, you know, I'm still looking for somebody to teach yoga to, but I, I, I did that. I, I joined pickleball and I started dating and I got remarried and did that too. <laughs> yeah. You built, you built a beautiful relationship with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You were yeah. kind to yourself through this really tragic time. Goodness. Um, can you share a li little bit of, with us about page 100, The Light Between Us, author Laura Lynn Jackson? Oh, my God. She is just amazing. I don't Have you ever met her or seen her? I do her? not. I, I will reach out to her, let me tell you, and ask oh, her if she's she, like yeah, she, a speaker. Um, she, but, she's uh, big but, news. <laughs> please, please 
let us share what that is all about. Sure, I'd love to do that part. Um, yeah, so where do I start with her? I, I'd gone to a, a, a psychic, she's a psychic medium, but she's a certified psychic medium. So she's had these tests done to, to kind of prove that she has, um, she sees things differently. Her brain does different things when she's doing a reading with someone, you know, um, and the light between us just talks about how, how we, we are still connected. We're all connected. We're connected to each other. We're connected to um, our loved ones who passed. And that we can we can connect with them um, just as well as they can connect. We don't have to go through a psychic medium. Basically, it's her real message that she wants everybody to know. Then you can just make up your own signs. And that's her second book is called Signs. And I went to see her speak several times, but she was in a bookstore in New York, and I went to see her. And, and, and she uh, she told us, you know, you don't need to come to make an appointment with me. You can do this yourself. Just speak you know, tell your loved ones, okay, I want to make a sign. Think of not just a bird or a coin, think of something different. So I picked, my friends and I were thinking, I'm like, I'm going to pick baby giraffe for my, you know, an animal. And then for a word, I picked the word Waterloo because he, Mike liked this song called Waterloo Sunset. So that was fun. We came up with these words, you know, and she's like, and, and you put it out there in the universe, it's going to come back to you. So the next day I'm at school and I'm looking through some books I'm going to give to the library. And I just open a book and I open up to the first page. There's a baby giraffe. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, that's crazy. That I just said that last night and there it is, the baby giraffe. So excited about that. I take a picture. I send it to my friend. She sends me a picture of the penguin that she had manifested the night before too. We're like, wow, this really works. Then I'm reading book to the children and it's the uh, Dr. Seuss's ABC book that I wasn't planning to read, but I just picked it up because it was laying there and I'm like, oh, this is a fun one. I'm just going to read this to the kids. When I got to the W page, it's www. Willie Waterloo is washing while the week, you know, and I'm like, Waterloo? Who knew the word Waterloo would be in the ABC book, right? Like <laughs> it was, it was just pretty wild that those, those were the two signs from that one day from her telling us you can just make up your own um, messages. And uh, so she was certified by the Forever Family Foundation and Forever Family Foundation, um, their mission is to, you know, show that life is still connected with people who are departed, you know, that we're still all still part of a family. So I went to a retreat there in Connecticut the summer after um, Mike had passed. And that was an amazing weekend. It was uh, two nights and they had uh, sessions with, they had three psychic mediums who were there. And so each time you, you met with like the same group of 12 people and you had different psychic mediums talking to you and giving you signs. Um, uh, or yeah, reading people who were in the group. So you got to hear like maybe similar stories because you've got the same 12 people over and over again. And there were other things going on. There were yoga, there was um, the, the singing bowls and drumming. And we went out to this beautiful bonfire and a labyrinth, you know, we, we did all the, all the great, you know, healing kinds of things. But I had wonderful readings there too, except that I think in all three of the sessions, Mike came through telling me that he wanted me to move. <laughs> and I was like, well, I wasn't ready to move yet because I, I was still teaching and my school was only a mile away from my house. And even though it was a little iffy living in that neighborhood with that guy who kind of was in the neighborhood, that was a whole other story. But I didn't want to I didn't want to move out of my house yet. I had a beautiful house, a beach house that we just loved. And, you know, it was it was important to me to stay there. But the the psychic the one of the really cool things with the psychic medium was the last day he was. um 
doing a reading and at the end he goes, oh, I'm, I'm getting a sign for like Big Ben, you know, the clock in England, it's Big Ben. And we're like, oh yeah, does, it, does that mean anything to anybody? No, no, nobody says anything. So we all leave and I walk outside and I look at my phone and I, <laughs> I got a text message from both of my boys who were in London and they sent me a picture of Big Ben with the words Big Ben on it. Like, I mean, he's not a magician. He didn't know it was on my phone. <laughs> like, you know, I didn't even know it was on my phone. So wow. those were some kind of, those were some weird signs that I was like, I kind of turned into a believer in this. And I know new husband doesn't think so much about this. <laughs> you can, you'll, you'll find lots of people that are still very skeptical, but well, um, I, I don't know. Well, I want to go back to that. I want to go back to that because uh, whether it be a husband that passed away or anybody that passed away, this communication. Yeah. Um, how, how deep would you mind sharing how deep your communication has been? I mean, oh, it's, yeah, the more, I think the more you believe it, the better it is. Here's, here's another story. Um, so I'm going to show you in this room that I'm in right now. See these weird lights. Yeah. Yes. Do you see these weird lights? So yes. I, I, when we bought this place, it has these lights up here and they go around in a circle. And it's lovely, you know, it's interesting. And I think it's kind of cool. But while I was writing my book, I would be sitting here at the desk. And sometimes in the middle of the night, I'd get up and I'd start typing the book and I'd edit it or whatever. And the lights would go on and off. <laughs> so I went to a, another psychic meeting recently and she gave me some good stuff, whatever. But then at the end, I said, well, I want to know if um, if my late husband or if my mom, because my mom passed away and she was a published author. I said, or my mom, what do they think about my book? Well, if she knows everything, she can tell me, right? <laughs> so she says, well, he likes the book. He's proud of you, yes. And then he goes, but your mom, your mom thought the book was a little dark. So she was trying to give you signs that you needed to lighten it up. So she did something with the lights. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and then I made the connection that that's these lights were going off and on and on. And I was writing all this bad stuff about the cops all the time, you know, so I had to lighten up the book a little bit. My mom was telling me from the other side and I had to, wow. had to make it a little bit more healing, and, you know, we could all relate to. <laughs> has anybody so that was, that here, was kind of cool, you know? I was just wondering if anybody here has any kind of communication like that they would like to share at all. Yeah, go ahead. Take your mute off. Go ahead. Nope, you're still on mute. Let's see. More than it's all. Okay, got it. There you go. <laughs> have to touch it. Yeah, yeah, my Stephanie, husband. Stephanie uh, was on, and Jody will come right to you, please. My husband passed done. away two years ago from COVID, and I, um, I, w I got it as well, and I was also very sick, but I didn't go to the hospital. He did. Um, I didn't experience a whole lot of guilt, but he did, he was messing with my lights, my, my clocks, <laughs> he shut my clock, my watch down, my clocks. I have a picture of my atomic clock with the date of January 34th, 2022, because it's atomic and it's automatic. You don't, you can't. Anyway, he shut down the two clocks, the one I had in the bathroom and the one in the kitchen. He was making my front light in the driveway flash on and off. Um, I was taking my granddaughter to her softball practice and it was dusk and the light was flashing and I took a video. 
but we, yeah, recently he's been, he, I have, I replaced some ceiling fans and I ha, I got LED lights in the one in my bedroom. And there were, um, there was three specific times that the light just came on all by itself. And it was like, it was a clear, clear message that he approved or he wanted me to do something. Um, the last one was my grandson who was 20 um moved out of his house and he was still on good terms with his parents but his parents were up in north carolina and he moved to tampa and he so he was coming back to bradenton and he wanted to meet me for lunch which i thought was great so i you know and he had posted a picture on facebook of his his work partners wearing shirts and ties and the women were dressed and I just, I thought maybe it was picture day. I didn't know. So I asked him if he wore ties all the time and he said, yes. So it was really just a dress for success idea. And I, I said to him, well, while you're here, why don't we just go, you know, I first, I said, do you have enough shirts and ties? And he said, well, I was thinking about getting a couple more. So I said, well, while you're here, let's, let's go shopping. So he comes in and my husband had tie clips because he, he used to wear suits to work and he would dress and wear ties years ago, like before we moved to Florida. And he worked for Outdoor Life magazine. So he had like binoculars and the tiny, tiny little binoculars and a fly uh, for fishing, you know, like a fly that you put on a hook and you fly fish. Anyway, my grandson picked I don't know, eight or eight or nine of them. And he took them and I took him shopping. We long story short, six shirts, four ties, two pairs of shoes, a pair of pants, and a belt later. He was very happy. Well, I came home and I was sitting in the living room and I had to get up and I, I went into the bathroom. And as I was walking into the master of the primary bedroom now, the light was on and I didn't put it on. So he was letting me know that he approved of the gift to my grandson, both the buying and the tie clips. He was very happy with that. So I, I get it. You don't need to go to a medium. I don't need to have a seance. I can, you know, he's here all the time. I talk to him all the time. So um, I can feel a lightning though. There's a, a the potholes are smaller. Let's put it that way. I, the, the analogy I used, it felt like I was walking in the very beginning. It felt like I was walking in thigh high mud. And now it's, you know, I'm much better. I, there was a release somewhere around year two, like that mark. And it's better. Doesn't mean you don't feel it or you don't miss them or you don't talk to them or whatever. It's just, it's better. That's my experience. Thanks for sharing that. That's that's great. And it's great that you're noticing and accepting that that's what it is. And that's a sign, oh, you know. Absolutely. It can't be anything else because it hasn't happened again since. Other there times. Were, yeah, there were three times that it happened, but each time it was something specific that mm -hmm. he that he wanted or he was trying to let me know something. So it hasn't happened since. So it has to be. <laughs> yeah. My, I know my brother and my sister are true believers now too. And we're always like, like you know, we're, we're noticing things and we'll be like, oh, that's, you know, a sign from this. And even if you put it out there and ask for something like, oh, is this, when I was buying the house here, the same thing happened. I said, all right, if this is the house we should get, just give me a sign this morning, you know, uh -huh. we're in Genesis because it used to have a, a landscaping bus uh, company called Genesis. 
Oh so boy. We're, yeah. we're driving, we're driving down, you know, 64 and first we stop and then there's a car and it has the word Genesis on the back because that's a <laughs> kind of car now. And then we yeah. get here, we go out on the Lanai and there's an old grill out there and that says Genesis. I'm like, all uh -huh. right, thanks for the Genesis word. I guess this is, <laughs> this is a good place to live now. <laughs> he approves. I finally moved. <laughs> right. Oh, and so obviously, he yes, I'm sorry. I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, thank you for sharing all of that. Um, no problem. Thank you for sharing all of that. You you got a dog as well. Oh, well, my husband's dog passed away six months after he did. I had to put him down. Oh. So that was really rough. And then it, the house was deathly quiet for like six weeks. And then I just said, it was like my birthday. And I said, I'm buying a puppy. So I, I found a breeder and I picked her up and I've had her ever since she's a sweetheart and she's not afraid of the thunder, thank God, because the other one was horribly afraid, just wow. so afraid, so afraid. <laughs> she's over there sleeping with her pores up in the air. So <laughs> That's good. Yeah, well, the yeah. storm kind of stopped now, so he's better now. Yeah, yeah, it did. I so, am sure she is well taken care of. Yes, she I, is. But I, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> It does keep you busy, and I'm I'm planning trips now. I'm going to Italy in November um, with a group of women that I've, you know, just found it, like it just kind of fell into place. So I'm going. Great, right. cool. In Sicily. You might yeah. enjoy her blog. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Check it out. It's called Runaway Widow. It's on, well, just type in runawaywidow.com or something. But there's a bunch of different blogs. And some of the tri trips I did by myself and some were with groups of you know, small groups, you know, travels. Those are kind of fun too. And um, yeah. or, or, or girlfriend getaways. Those are nice. I'm, I'm always up for something. I'm like, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I know it's time I needed, I needed to do it. And um, on the second anniversary of his, um, death, I wound up being with his family, which was not intentional. I was looking at airfare and it was, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Wednesday was the best price. So I just booked Wednesday without looking at the date. And when I realized that it was, I got the chills. I, it, it was actually the anniversary of his death. So I needed to be with his sisters because that's, yeah. but how weird is that, that, you know, like you just, you're just booking for the best price, not thinking of the date, because it didn't matter the date. I needed to be there for Friday. I didn't need to be there Wednesday. I needed, so I figured, let me just get the cheapest one. It was mm -hmm. that, that day, and it and it was a wonderful visit. It was really very, it was very healing. Um, it wound up being a wedding, even though they said it was an engagement party, but it doesn't matter. It was like just a very, it was good stuff, not, it, it wasn't a sad, get together. It was a very good thing. So, and that was great. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Probably pretty healing too. It was. And maybe that's yeah. what pushed me over the edge because after the, like, it just seemed like this summer, something eased. So mm -hmm. it's like the two year mark. It's maybe I spent the time with his family. Maybe, you know, I don't, obviously we were married 50 years, so it's not his family. That's my family, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, 50 year, I mean, I know his sister since she's nine years old. So right. she doesn't know anything else. Like I'm part of the family. So um, anyway. That's right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Welcome. No problem. Good seeing you. Good seeing you here too. Good to see you.
good seeing you too, Jody. Thank you so much. Did you want to share, have something to share? <laughs> Jody, are you frozen? There you go. My internet, my internet's only working like maybe 20. Yeah. Mm. So I've missed most of it. <laughs> I'll, so it doesn't do any make sense for me to talk because I'm just keep freezing. So. Well, let's give it a shot. It it's been frozen more than it's not been. Ah. Um. Wh what was the name of the psychic that you went to? What was the name of the psychic? Which one? <laughs> I, see, I missed I missed most of it. I just heard you say she was certified. Yeah, that was Laura Lynn Jackson. It's her name. Her book over here. Hold on, I'll get her the, book. Okay. The um, light I, the I mean, book okay. is yeah, the book is titled The Light Between Us. Uh Laura Lynn Jackson. And and that's the set that's the first book. This is her second book. Um, signs, and it says the secret language of the universe. <laughs> the I, the I have, so. I've had hundreds of experiences, hundreds, and I spend a lot of time in classes studying this stuff. And um, uh, with all, like I've studied with Bradley Valentine and James Van Prague, and it, it, have you heard of Colette Baron Reed? She's she's amazing. She's got an oracle, uh, oracle school, but she's she's a she's amazing. Um, so I I have them all the time. I it, sometimes it feels like he's like here physically, my husband, and and it's 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 a lot. <laughs> mm. First, the first yeah. time it happened, it scared the heck out of me. And I have confirmation because the dog, the dog will respond. So I know. Yeah. Imagine it. But, but, um, <clears throat> but the first time it happened, it really scared me. And I, I was like too scared to acknowledge it. And then when it was over, I was like, oh my God, now my chance is gone. So next time I'm not going to be scared. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's great. After my mother died, two days after my mother died, I found a, my first feather inside my house. All of a sudden there was a feather in my house. And after that, I have them all in a jar. I, no matter where I went or what I did, there was a feather. I'd go to a parking lot and pick one empty space out of a whole empty parking lot and get out and there'd be a feather. And I have, I have them all in a jar. And, and now I get them all. Like really special day or really hard day or something like that. And I'll, they'll just be. Let the dog out and there's. And I, for a long time, I didn't understand why it was feathers. And I realized just recently, loved birds. She just adored birds, and so mm. it, that's why she picked feathers because she adored birds. So, <laughs> but I, I don't. I, I wish my internet was working better. I know what you mean about the dog when um it was like this two weeks after Mike had passed, I got a little dog. It was it was my birthday and my son's birthday. So you mentioned birthdays. That's why we went out and 
got a puppy and we brought him home and he would do the same thing. Like in my room on my bed, he'd be like looking at something I'm like, oh, what yeah. is he like looking at? You know, and he, he totally seemed like he was looking at something like, and then I went the, the first psychic that I went to, she said, um, she, she came up with some really weird stuff too. She's like, do you, um, well, first of all, she goes, why does your husband stand across the street from your house? And that's where he died. I'm like, well, that was weird that she knew that one. And then she says, um, well, he sits in a chair. Do you have a green room? And I said, no, I don't have any green rooms. She goes, do you, well, he sits in a chair by in a green room by these like yellow sunflowers. Nope, nope. And then I remembered my bedroom <laughs> as a chair and it's green and it had this vase with sunflowers in it. And I, I, I don't know why when she was asking me, I couldn't remember right. that that was my own bedroom, but yeah. sure enough, like, and she goes, yeah, he sits in that chair and he, and he, and he goes, and she goes, who's Harry? And I go, that's my dog. She goes, well, he, he, he likes Harry. Harry sees him. And you know that, don't you? Because she knew, like, how did she know that I knew that? Like, it, weird stuff that they come up with, you know, that they that they seem to know. And, and again, that wouldn't be written anywhere that she could read about it. And yeah. I didn't tell her my name other than a first name and showed up somewhere. So, right. interesting. Right. Yeah, I mean, my dog, the first time was, she went to the bottom of the recliner. She was about to go off, like, somebody was there petting her. I mean, she was going, like, oh. somebody scratching her ears. And she was it was crazy it, it was yeah it was crazy just mm. and, and I, it, it was weird <laughs> and weird yeah yeah um jody like, she knew yeah everything. you've got so many stories um that are really in line with this question here with this subject uh, Jody has shared before some of her amazing experiences and the dogs for sure played a part in that, which is really kind of neat. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. Good, good seeing you too. You too. Good seeing you. Chapter 25, turning the page. What is the message you'd like to get across to us here and those listening in? Hmm. Are we turning the page? Oh yeah. Well, what is the message that you'd like to get across? <laughs> I have to look at the book again. Yeah, that's the end. Well, you know, basically moving forward. You know, we just just keep moving forward, and um, however you need to do it, take the baby steps, and you just don't stop. You don't go backwards. You don't live in the past. You know, that's not going to help ever. You just stay back there just keep um you know some days it might be easier some days it's going to be harder but it's a, a moving forward and you know it's okay to change things up a little bit you know after um you know after all this was settled then suddenly you know i got i got remarried i retired from a job i moved down to florida things shake it all up but things are good things i'm in a good place right now my boys you know they're they're good i don't i don't know how they dealt with all of that as as well you know that's something they didn't really talk to me about what's in voice don't talk about me okay <laughs> you know i didn't think about that i didn't think about you know how your children dealt with well with not only the the loss of their father in a very traumatic way like that but you bringing it out and sharing it with everybody yeah and doing what you were doing how did they how did they respond react to yeah. that that was going to be them, my question. Oh, oh great. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, where were you, Kim? Yeah, yeah. 
No, that's a really good question. I'm not supposed to talk about them. Like one of them does not want me to ever like go here. Don't do this. Like, I mean, right. this could have gone on and on. We could have con continued with a civil lawsuit. We, 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 we pursued the civil lawsuit, but we settled out of court. So it was a money thing, but it was going to be a money thing no matter what. Even if you go to civil court and you go to trial, you get there finally, all that's going to do is they're going to say, okay, this is how much money you have to give her. So after all of that, it would have just been a money thing. So settling was better for me because it was, it was then it was done. We could just cut it off and be done Closure. with it. And closure and it was better for the boys they didn't want this because then you know my attorney was like okay we've done two tv shows we or we've done not shows we've done two news you know alerts and everything we, we've actually done we are on television three times we're in the news a couple of times we wrote this petition we did some other stuff then he wanted to do one of those tv shows you know those unsolved mystery tv shows i'm like well that's the last thing my kids want me to do right now like that would not have flown so right it, you know, we were like, okay, that's, that's enough. We, we kind of, we kind of dragged them through it a little bit. We made, they, they know they did something wrong. We made them pay, they had to be responsible by paying some money and, and going to court and doing all that would have been better if they had gone to jail. Sure. Yeah. That'd be great. But we were, well, you did what really... you needed to do in my mind. I see it too. I accomplished yeah. what I needed to accomplish. I have closure and that's all. I do not want to go through this crap right I did, I did the best we could we did the best we could you know we fought a good fight and now we're done and now we can put that yeah. behind us and and that's that was for the boys too you know like that's, now we can move forward we can all move <laughs> that's forward the work, that's work for me too i'm like some people that wouldn't some people would definitely want to pursue it to the max and that's to be honored and respected too exactly um, right that's but, just not but for me i'm i'm like if i don't have to deal with it it's better <laughs> yeah and, they, and the boys don't like want to talk kind of about it they, you know they I, they don't want to really go there at all with me anyway so I don't know what what I don't know what they think so but, uh, let no. me ask you before I ask the audience okay ask everybody if they would like to ask anything um now that you have had all this exposure and wrote the book and all this stuff um how do you feel about your decision to write the book to start with are you glad you did it are you do you you know, have like, oh, why did I get myself into this fix? No, I'm, I'm glad I, I, I'm glad I wrote it. And I'm pleased with um the nice reviews I've heard from people. Like many of them were my friends or acquaintances, you know, but then there's been a lot of other people who, who are widows or know somebody who maybe this is just helping them to understand what we go through, you know, like in, in your emotions. I remember when I first became a widow, I was, I went to the library looking for a book. I'm like, I don't know how to be a widow. None of my friends are widows. What are we supposed to do? So, and there was like no books for the widows out there, you know, that there's no how to be a widow book. I found one that I, and I wrote about her in the book too, a signs of life it was called. And she was, she was a young woman. She was pregnant when her husband died in a wakeboard accident. And um, it was basically her her processing each month of the year. And she was also a teacher. So she went through the school year, pregnant, processing what had happened, you know, her, her the, the death of her husband. And just knowing that somebody else had had a husband that died and hearing all about it, you know, it, without it being my mother. My mother also had, a, my dad died. So, but that was different, you know, although it was very helpful. But 
it was just nice to hear from somebody. So that's why I think that I put the book out there also is hopefully for, for women who read it and realize, hey, you know, you're going to go through this roller coaster and you can try this and you can try that and go out and try to make some friends. Because a lot of people say that they're so lonely when they're a widow, you know, like, well, go try this meetup group or try this yoga class or try this or try that. And maybe try online dating. It might work out. And mine did. So, you know, maybe that would be thing to, to do mm. so just sort mm. of like a little bit of hope a little bit of like hey you know this is something we can all we can all do this so that's my thoughts on on writing yeah. the book well you see you see two ladies here that uh that are widows and are joining in the conversation which says a lot do either of you have anything you'd like to uh, want to make sure that you leave saying, I don't, I don't want you to leave and say, I wish I had asked or that. Do either of you have anything you'd like to ask or share? What about anybody else? Yeah, go ahead, please. You said you met your husband on online dating. Yes. You, you met your husband online. Yeah, yes. I'm done. I, that's, that's not, it's Did you try it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Okay. No, I, I just, I got really lucky. I was hoping to find somebody nearby because I didn't really want to have a pen pal in another state or something like that. So this, this fellow just lived, you know, a couple miles away and um, we met for dinner and that worked out well. And then we're like, okay, we'll go to dinner next weekend too. And we went to dinner. Actually, I'm wearing the outfit I wore on our date. <laughs> it was this nice little dress. <laughs> And I figured it was it was good luck on the date. Maybe it'll be good luck on my my first podcast. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so we and then we just started dating. And he has an ex wife who lives now in Florida, but no kids. So um, maybe the no kid thing was helpful for you know as being older. Um, and just we just hit it off, and we did some traveling. He he doesn't mind traveling, so you know he, we actually were have gone on a couple trips which I enjoyed doing that with somebody else. And it's just nice to have somebody around the house, you know, like um, who knows how to take care of, like fix things around the house and all that. Yeah, stuff. right. But, <laughs> so you, you know, said he I, did live, it turned out he lived nearby. Yes, yeah, he was only five minutes away. So oh, that right. was really convenient. I like and, convenience myself. I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> yeah, yeah. That and he's taller than me. <laughs> if I go that far. <laughs> I know, five minutes, I, I know. Hilarious, that's hilarious. <laughs> I think, I think my list is just too long. I'm kind of picky. Right. Oh, you're, oh yeah. See, I, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't really thinking I was going out. What, what happened was I had this really good friend and we were doing everything together. We were traveling together. We were, um, we, we bought a boat together. We were almost going to live together. And then she got a boyfriend and I was like, oh, now we're going out on the boat with her boyfriend all the time. So yeah, there's like three of us hanging out all the time. And that wasn't so much fun yeah. anymore. So then I was like, well, I'm going to go try this online dating too. And I just put my name in. And then at first, nobody like talked to me and I got very sad. I got <laughs> bent out of shape. But luckily somebody talked to me and that worked out well. So, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little, it's a little hard to get your, you know, your feet wet. And then, uh, and then we just tried it and he's a lot different than husband number one, but a lot of good qualities, you know, so yeah, it's not going to be the same thing. You know, you can't, you can't compare, you know, like my mom had two totally different husbands. I, I kind of do what my mother did and what my grandmother did. It's kind of funny that we have a history of this. Like, like my, my grandfather, he passed away when my grandmother was 51 and then she remarried. My mother, my dad passed away at 61 and then she remarried. So I'm kind of like, well, I, I guess that's what I'm supposed to do next, you know? <laughs> so, 
Even, oh even if I don't have a how-to book, I had my mom <laughs> as a role model. So. That's hilarious. That's, hilarious. Yeah. Thanks, Jody. Kim? Was the, was the, well, date now husband a little freaked out when you told him your story? Good question. Yeah, the first, <laughs> the first night, I didn't want to tell him anything. I'm like, I'm not even telling him my last name. I don't want him googling me. Once bet, you Google yeah. me, there was. If you Google my name, there's all kinds of like, you know, articles and and the video and all that stuff. So I didn't say anything the first night, and then, um, actually, that was when we were talking. I think when we finally, when we finally had dinner, by that time we'd been texting back back and forth a little bit. So he knew that my last name by then, and it turned out he had worked with my brother-in-law, Mike's brother. Isn't that weird? Such a small world. Yeah. <laughs> In New York City, they worked together. Um, yeah, he was, he was, and I just tried to tell him a little bit of the story. If you try to condense that whole story, it's, it, it just, it kind of goes all over the place. So I tried to make it as short as I could, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> he still he still wants me to change the name of my blog he's like why are you the runaway widow still <laughs> <You're married now." laughs> I'm like oh well i'm gonna write another widow's widow blog for to help them all those people <laughs> hey i'm thanking you for your work that you do thank you <laughs> i think it's important work that you're doing we should be acknowledged for this work that we do um, Stephanie, did you want to say something? Kim, thanks. Not yet. Let's see if I do that. There we go. There you um, go. I would like to thank you for the hope. Like, you know, there's, um, I have a, a divorced friend who is on um, Facebook dating. And she's just met another guy on Facebook dating. So like, it's, it's like online dating, except it's Facebook. So um, it sounds like there is hope <laughs> for yeah. a few at some point. And, and that's great. You know, I don't know if that's in my future or not, but I'm not ready to do something like that. But hey, maybe that was my second message, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're getting the okay when the lights yeah. are flickering. See, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, you just try it and you just think of it as fun. Don't think yeah. of it as like it has to be like serious, you know. I mean, there's plenty of things you could talk about later, but you know, right, right. And you know, I don't even know that I'd be interested in super serious, like just somebody to spend some time with. And yeah, that, that sounds That's like right. fun. You know, it doesn't have, I, I, I don't think I ever want to get married again. Like that's like not even on, on the table, I don't think. But who knows, right? Who I does know? Me. Who does know? Because I know this, I did not lose my hus a husband, but I had a divorce. I was married for 20 years. And I'll tell you, it was a heavy relationship and I did not want to have another deep relationship because it was too heavy. I don't want it. Right. Um, so I just wanted a light relationship. And now Steve and I are 22 years. <laughs> 22 years now. So you never know. Oh, you, you really never know. know. You never know. No. Uh, <laughs> wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing, uh, everybody. Thank you so much for sharing. Mm -hmm.
any final questions from anybody? Mm -hmm. I just wanted to say thank you for uh, cleaning up the justice system a little bit while you were at it. I know, right? Well, and we got, and, and gosh, the guy, the guy who was the chief of police, he was in jail for five years. He, he got out. He, you know, just hanging out at the house, staying home now, keeping a low profile. He just got arrested last month for um, soliciting prostitution in a park with men. And he was the one who, who they say was at all these parties where they did drugs and stuff with the prostitutes at Gogo Beach, where that's where on Long Island they had these 10, they found the 10 bodies yeah. at the beach. And so it's just, yeah, he, he's somehow connected with all of that. But Chris so I'm, I'm from Long Island. I'm from Long Island. Yeah. Yeah. And, and beach community. But Which my one? brother Long Beach on the ocean. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. North Shore, I knew it wasn't. My brother-in-law was the police commissioner, but he he passed away six months after my husband, and oh, that, wow. and that was my husband's sister's husband. So when I and that's the house I went to visit. So we've become very close because we share the same mm -hmm. field, you know. Um, but he went down for a cereal and never came back up. So like totally different. Like my husband was sick for thirty days, so mm -hmm. he had a heart condition. So like. It was it. I always anticipated him dying first, but you never know. Like I've known people mm -hmm. who've been deathly sick, and their spouse, their caretaker, dies first. So you never, you just don't know. But yeah. so we share a lot, and I think she probably has more guilt than I than I did. But mm. but anyway, mm. um, Long Island, small community really yes it is run into the same people well actually how, how's this for a funny story i started playing pickleball with this woman down here in my neighborhood and uh we met her husband and my husband at the little community like the bar over here and uh the husbands look at each other and they're like oh i know you they used to take the same train to new york city from huntington new york for like 20 mm -hmm. years and now yeah. we all live in the same neighborhood and I'm, I'm friends with his wife before they ever like talk to each other after being on the same, wow. the same train every morning for 20 years. It's a very small world, very, very small. And Incredible. they recognize each other. Yeah, it's crazy. Incredible. Incredible. Kristen, you were so open and so real. Thank you for sharing your realness. I, I, I mean, you just spoke yeah. from your heart and uh, <laughs> Um, do you have any final thoughts before we share your contact info? Um, let me think. Hold on. I wrote, I wrote something, but I forgot. Um, okay. Here's I my make sure you leave too and you don't say don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. So if I, if I were to write another book, what do you think I should write about next? Ooh. Ladies. Any thoughts on that? Well, do you want to write a, a true story or do you want to just write about anything? Anything. And not a true story. It could be a true story. I think you would have, you know, the the bare bones of a book to write something about like a criminal investigation kind of true thing. Crime, true crime. Yeah, with some other stuff mixed in, you know? Okay. Thanks. Cool. <laughs> she sounded like Zorro now or something. Right. <laughs> uh, 
That's interesting. Yeah. I personally think you should offer Zoom groups. Zoom groups. Yeah, and and uh, come up with little tiny plans, like little workshops. Widow adventures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, there's a lot of widows out there who do like they have little blogs or podcasts and stuff like that, too, you know, or they do these well, uh, things. And you've had experience with communication. And I think that would help a lot of people realize that they can communicate and really strengthen our our all our overall, you know, everybody, the way they feels about that. You know, that would just really help a lot. Uh, I think, but I'm a fan of these little group things. <laughs> you could do so much. You could have a, a travel agency called Runaway Widow. Yeah, where you, yeah. You know, had trips that were, you know. Oh, little, yeah. You could do oh, all fun. kinds of stuff. The yeah. That's for sure. That's real cool that you could <laughs> definitely have a travel agency like that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely. Maybe, maybe just plan. Oh, you're coming. Dreams. Stephanie's oh, okay. Stephanie's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah cool. maybe just plan retreats. Uh that and that runaway widow is like the runaway bride. I mean, it's perfect if you ask me. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's uh sounds familiar. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So did you have anything you wanted to to, to go over before? No, nope, that was it. I just wanted to ask okay. if you had any thoughts. All right. Okay. Anybody else have any thoughts on that? Well, I thought I had, Jen, was that when you were willing to start another relationship again for 20 years, you were much younger <laughs> than starting now and trying to look, look at going That's through all this very again. very true. Very yeah. true. I was only 36. 40 tumultuous years. It's hard to then when you're 60s, you know, go, oh, yes, let's do this again. I wouldn't do it now. Yeah. I have zero interest. I wouldn't even do it. I would get myself a dog and I'd call it quits there. <laughs> mm -hmm. like, like Stephanie said, I would dive I so deep into this stuff that there'd be no end in sight. So I'm good. <laughs> but like Stephanie said, not even looking for something serious, but it's just hard to find even yeah. someone that you like enough to go to dinner twice with i mean it's yeah you don't want to waste your time Kristen's <laughs> yeah, book true. no simple highway can be found on amazon and i think it's really great i haven't read it word by word but what i've looked through i i think it's great and i tend to go back and read all of it um the direct link to her website blog is uh runawaywidow.blog that brings you right to the blog itself. You can also follow Kristen at Runaway Widow on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. We will send this information out and more tomorrow in the follow-up email, along with the link for the replay um, that will come tomorrow. Please visit zenfulconversations.com. Sign up for more of these Zoom conversations. And Kristen, yes, in love and deep gratitude. Thank you so much. So you. Cool thank you all for coming. It's so, so cool to meet all of you. Thanks for participating. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, yeah. Thank you for your awesome questions. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. See you next time. Namaste. 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 Bye. Bye. Bye.